visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Where's America listeners? Welcome to the 133rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, broadcast live from Boston, to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was LeGarrette Blunt of the New England Patriots running wild over the Indianapolis Colts last Saturday night at Gillette Stadium. Uh, not the first time he's done that since he had done it... Uh, Two weeks previous against Buffalo in the season finale and had also had a good game the week before that. So three games in a row with something that sounds like five, six, seven hundred yards of rushing, a ton of touchdowns, and the man is just on a serious roll, which of course leads me into some discussion about this weekend's epic matchup. The game All-America wanted to see between the Broncos and the Patriots, also known as Brady versus Manning. My first thought is the Patriots running game looks unstoppable. And it's not only Blunt, it's, it's Stephen Ridley, not to mention Shane Vereen and Brandon Bolden. And the team just seems to be peaking right now. In contrast with the Broncos, who, in my mind, are not peaking. Uh, they, that defense was barely holding on last Sunday against the Chargers, uh, except for Peyton Manning hitting a third and 17. You know, the Chargers were going to get the ball back and roll in for yet another score in the fourth quarter that they were absolutely owned. And... Had they done that to tie the game, and I don't think there's any doubt they would have, uh, and gone into overtime, you know, win the coin flip, whatever, you know, uh, the Chargers are probably scoring again, and that's that for the Broncos. But to Peyton Manning's credit, he hit that third and 17. He, he literally seemed to will them to victory. Like, he was not letting them lose that game. 
I just don't think he's going to be able to impose his will on Sunday. And it's a world turned upside down where Brady, where the Patriots are now rushing, uh, known for their ground game all of a sudden, where Brady did not have any, repeat, any touchdown passes last Saturday night in the wild card game. If he had said that before the game, everybody, and I mean everybody, would have said the Colts are winning this game. Uh, but not only did the Patriots win, they won, uh, you know, quite handily. And so I think it's just going to be a, uh, you know, a wonderfully epic game. You know, in so many ways, it feels like this could be, uh, you know, the last hurrah, so to speak, or, or the, the last roundup. Uh, you know, there's no guarantees for the future. All we have is Sunday, 48 hours from now. And what we have is, again, the matchup of two Hall of Famers, the best quarterbacks of their era, maybe the best two of all time. The winner's legacy will be secure. The loser will be saddled with questions. Brady clearly holds the edge up to now in regular season victories and playoff victories over Manning, 2-1 to one in the postseason. If he wins this game, um, then he clearly, clearly will have... Uh, We'll have the upper hand, and if not, he will. Uh, if not, he will simply have to, uh, you know, succumb to Manning. Which simply, with Manning, it feels like he's under more pressure. Like his legacy is more in question uh, because of the statistics I just mentioned. Uh, the fact he only has one Super Bowl victory, Brady has three. Uh, so they both need another Super Bowl victory to secure their legacy and basically hold the upper hand and arguments for generations to come as to who was the better quarterback. I've said on this show frequently, Brady, although he has three, he and Belichick, they need another one to be, you know, just have serve as the bookend to the three earlier in their Patriots careers uh, if not if they don't win another Super Bowl it's going to seem very unsatisfying they lost two to the Giants and so that's very very important it's a big deal up here in New England trust me with the Broncos and Peyton Manning he only has one his little brother has two both victories over the Patriots ironically so Again, and his playoff, he has a losing record in the postseason. There are just simply, uh, you know, things that have dogged Peyton Manning, a la, you know, comparisons with Will Chamberlain to Tom Brady's Bill Russell. Uh, that simply, you know, won't go away unless he wins another one. Plus, Manning has the home field advantage this Sunday. So he, he needs to win this game. So they both have a lot at stake in this game, and we are the beneficiaries of just what is going to be, you know, an epic matchup. Uh, I will say that here in New England, it's absolutely off the charts. It has reached, finally, this being a baseball town, but it has finally reached uh, the interest level, for lack of a better word, mania, for might be a better word, of what it was with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, 
at the end of their four Super Bowls in the late 70s, early 80s. I lived there. I'm from there. And it was awesome. And I now think that it's gotten here in New England. And by, I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, AFC title game. It's just leading off the news. It's the first 10 minutes of every newscast and growing day by day here this week. Everybody shipped their news crews out. That's all anybody's talking about, you know, right up to, you know, former Patriot offensive lineman Matt Light holding a viewing party over at uh, Sports Bar on Patriot in Patriot Place, Toby Keith, as a matter of fact, on Sunday. Uh, you know, haven't seen that type of thing before. So we're seeing things now we just haven't seen before. So it is just, uh, I don't know if I'd go as far... Uh, uh, a mere three months after the uh, Red Sox won the World Series to say Boston's now a football town. Uh, but it's become more of a football town than I ever thought possible, uh, having come from the ultimate football town in Pittsburgh. My low light of the week was the Saints' final play on the lateral attempt uh, against the Seahawks, uh, where New Orleans' Marcus, Marcus Colston... Just had to step out of bounds. And if that happens, we get Drew Brees set up with one final throw to the end zone from a reasonable distance. Doesn't even have to be a Hail Mary. With Brees' arm, he could have zipped it right down there. Uh, for one final play, it would have been just great, great theater. Uh, but we were denied that by that botched lateral throw that was literally... Uh, it's wrong to call it a lateral. It was like <laughs> the guy he threw it to was 10 yards in front of him. So that was uh, disappointing. And it also just leads into me saying that, you know, not only do we have Colts Patriots, uh, Colts Patriots, Broncos Patriots on Sunday, we also have another game that all America wanted to see. What is just going to be an absolute slugfest between the 49ers and the Seahawks in Seattle, the place everyone does, everybody wanted to see the NFC Championship game and against the team they wanted to see visiting the 49ers. So that is just going to be awesome. Uh, so it's just going to be, you know, from 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday right through about 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday is going to be maybe seven or so best hours of football that you could ever ever hoped for. My bizarre story of the week was watching the Esquire Network show on Friday called Friday Night Tykes about youth football in Texas, uh, specifically in San Antonio, where, as you listeners know, I was for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl just a few weeks ago. Uh, the show was disturbing, to say the least. Uh, hardcore with these, like, eight-year-old kids and uh, basically how the coaches uh, treat them. So, fascinating television, and all the more interesting to me since I, again, was literally right there where it was all filmed just a couple of weeks ago, and it's the third time I've been in San Antonio working at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl in the last three years. So I've gotten to know the city well and uh, understand a little bit about the Texas football culture. But... Uh, this show is worth tuning into, I must say. Uh, I believe it's a series, so there'll be another couple weeks of it. Uh, Tuesday nights at, I think, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, worth checking out if you're interested in football. 
And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be A.P. Stedham, Abama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, John. Doing pretty good. Waiting for the 
weekend in the NFL playoffs. It is. It's. It's going to be special. I, I don't know if I can ever remember two better matchups on Championship Sunday than this. I mean, they're both just. Uh, they both make your mouth water. I mean, they, they, you know, they they each have so many elements. Be it Brady versus Manning and legacy, or uh, you know, Niners versus Seahawks and hatred. <laughs> Yeah, John. I mean, it's the veteran superstars with with Manning and Brady and going against each other for the umpteenth time, and then you have these these bright newcomers, uh, you know, San Francisco and Seattle. So, yeah, it, it's fantastic. I think it's it, it's perfect. You know, it really is perfect. It really both games. I think are the games all America wanted to see. You know, uh, obviously, I live here 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, so I'm like happy to see the Patriots. But, you know, that said, I most wanted to see the NFC Championship game being played in Seattle for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, the Guinness Book of World Record holder for, you know, fan noise. And, uh, you know, it's just been destined to be there. It, seems, it feels like all year long. And, of course, Pete Carroll... Coach of the Seahawks used to play in, uh, or used to live in Medfield, my little suburban town here, outside Boston when he coached the Patriots. And then on the other side, uh, I've established a wonderful relationship and, in fact, have had as a guest on this very show a couple of times Dr. John York, the owner of the 49ers. And they, uh, you know, I went around with him at Gillette Stadium. Uh, December a year ago, so just about 13 months ago, as he handed out, you know, 49er memorabilia and field passes to 49er fans in the stands two hours before kickoff that night. So I, I have a pretty strong, you know, like and, you know, allegiance, if you will, to both teams, but that uh, that doesn't really matter. It is going to be a slugfest. This is a real-life Old-fashioned NFL rivalry. This is Bears-Packers type stuff. Yeah, John, and I think the two coaches involved, they're not all that much on friendly terms. If if I remember, I, I think when Pete Carroll was at USC, uh, Jim Harbaugh-Stanford team went down to Los Angeles, and they were a huge underdog. I think it was some ridiculous number. I think it's one of the largest I've ever heard, and they beat USC by a point or so on the last play of the game or something. Yes, good, good, good recall there. That was a, you know, a where were you? You remember where you were type game. That was epic, epic upset. And then there was also the time when Harbaugh uh, kind of ran up the score and Pete Carroll, prompting Pete Carroll to coin one of my top five favorite terms in the history of sports where he went out to midfield. <laughs> with the audio just picking it right up for the uh, national audience to hear. He just said the immortal words, you know, what's your deal? <laughs> I love that line. I know Tony Kornheiser from Pardon the Interruption constantly refers to that line, as do I. I mean, again, it's one of my all-time favorites. I, I use it a lot, and it's just, you know, Pete Carroll with that look that only Pete Carroll can have on his face just said, you know, What's your deal? <laughs> I, I just love that line forever, and just a 
And Pete Carroll's had some good lines from Pumpkin Jack to Feeling Dangerous. You know, when he was, he coined when he was coach of the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even touch. What's your deal? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's epic right there. That was epic, you know, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get another what's your deal on Sunday night. Uh, it's it's certainly worthy of that. I mean, you know, and the fact that both of these games, of course, you know, have the winners going to the Super Bowl, you know, first cold weather Super Bowl ever being played in New York City. I mean, it just goes without saying. I mean, I think, you know, Brady Manning is their legacy and, you know, Harbaugh, Carroll is just kind of like, you know, a continuation of what has been, you know, a, a long-time feud that has moved, you know, from college to the NFL. And, and they're both just large, large personalities for, you know, varying reasons. And uh, you know, even Harbaugh's uh, wardrobe was discussed by his wife on San Francisco radio yesterday. That got a lot of, that got a, air, a lot of air time. So we're getting down in... It must be Friday. We're getting down to the details if we're talking wardrobe. Yeah, talking wardrobe is, is not much else left else to discuss. Yes, especially the fact that I guess Har- I guess his wife threw out all his khakis and he was in Indianapolis for the combine and found a Walmart where he bought them for eight bucks a piece, <laughs> a whole new set. And I, I'm literally looking at Harbaugh right now on uh, on ESPN at a press conference and. I like his look, frankly. I, I just think that, you know, I like the khakis with the black sweatshirt and the black hat. I, I just, with 49er logo on it, I just think it's, I like the consistency of it. It's along the lines of Belichick, so I think it's terrific. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it myself. He looks like he's, he's ready to do some business on a football field. Yes, I mean, it's, the the truth is, in the world of, Coaches and what they wear on the sidelines these days, whether it be at college or uh, pro, you know, it's uh, it's kind of high end. The khakis. I mean, a lot of them wear sweatsuits and whatnot, and uh, you know, and, and gone are the days of Dick Nolan Jr. Not that long ago, wearing you know suit and tie on the sidelines like his predecessors, specifically his father, and many others, as we remember back in the day. Uh, but. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a great, great Sunday. I mean, just again, just as good as it gets. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brady Manning? I mean, it's this, this could be, you never know, no guarantees for the future. This could be, you know, the culmination, if not the last, the, the last hurrah between these two spectacular quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, John, uh I I, uh, I always tend to favor the team that can stop the run a little bit better, and uh, I know the Patriots have some trouble in that department. And no, Sean Marino, pretty pretty fair NFL back. So I'm just I'm thinking that maybe maybe he might be the difference for them in, in this game to pile up some yardage uh, against the Patriots' run defense. Although the two quarterbacks are going to be a factor, there's no question because. I'm sure the Patriots will load up the box and try to stop that running game initially. And and Belichick always has a, a good scheme to confuse uh, Peyton Manning. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a battle of brains there, and uh, I, I think they both relish it. I, I think there's just a lot of, I think Brady, Manning, and Belichick, those three in, in particular are just loving 
you know, this week and the planning, you know, and the competition and, you, you know, that goes into it. And, you know, it's a world turned upside down that, you know, you mentioned Noshaw Marino when they played in November in that epic Patriots comeback. I mean, Mer- Mer- Noshaw Marino ran wild over 200 yards rushing. We all saw what the Patriots ground game, specifically LeGarrette Blunt, did last Saturday night against the Colts, not to mention the previous two games. So the truth is, you know, and it's hard to believe I'm even saying it heading into this game that each team's ground game could decide the game. And, you know, it's just, again, uh, a mere couple of weeks ago, that thought, uttering that thought would have been unthinkable. Yeah, I mean, you don't even really think of the running backs. You're just thinking of, of Brady and Manning and who's going to be the better quarterback that day who could, you know, outfox the other team, the defenses, you know, because t- typically I've, I've always watched Manning against Belichick and it's he always seems to mystify Peyton and he always – Gets him to throw interceptions, a lot of interceptions, and so uh, he's you know he's playing at home, so maybe that's the only edge I'm giving the, the Broncos is playing at home and and having that uh, outstanding running game with no Sean Marino. Yeah, well, the ebbs and flows of the Belichick Manning duel have been uh, you know fascinating to watch. Obviously, Belichick owned him early in uh, in their career ten years ago in the early two thousands, where you know I attended those two. Postseason games at Gillette Stadium, I like to call them the, the snow on demand games when Brady was truly a dome quarterback. And, you know, they owned him. Ty Law had three interceptions in one of those games. And, uh, and, and Rodney Harrison started one of those games with an interception in the end zone. But, you know, that went on. And then all of a sudden, you know, it got to a point where the roles were reversed and Belichick clearly feared Peyton when he, you know, went for it on fourth and two out in Indianapolis on that right. famous Sunday night game a few years ago because he didn't want Peyton Manning to have the ball 70 yards away. Right. <laughs> you know, instead, he got it 28 yards away and <laughs> yeah. scored in like two plays, <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> but, you know, the pendulum swung back yet again just a, you know, a mere number of weeks ago here in Gillette when... Belichick stunningly and shockingly, and you can talk wind all you want and cold. I, I, I you know, <laughs> I know how cold it was that night in New England. Believe me. <laughs> but when Belichick won that coin toss and gave the ball to Peyton Manning, I mean, that was a stunning, stunning development. You know, again, con- con- contrasted with fourth and two a few years back, not that long ago. No, not that long ago. And then Belichick won that bet. So, you know, all this is, you know, is all very relevant coming into this Sunday's game, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen in these types of games. But I'm hoping, I like to see a turnover-free game in, in these yep. big games and let the, let the best, best quarterback win, best team win. Uh, you know, I don't want to see any fumbles uh, down by the goal line. You like to see them make all their field goals, you know, inside the 50. And let's see what happens. It will be fun. We'll all be watching. I, I, I predict it will be ratings, records across the board, which is a bold statement given NFL numbers this year especially. Uh, and I, But I just think this is just going to break every previous non-Super Bowl viewing record. I mean, who's not watching, period? 
Who is not watching these games? I mean, nobody I know. <laughs> yeah, these sure. are the two quarterbacks of this era. Totally, they're, they're totally. The, they're the next ones in the Hall of Fame when they retire. Uh, automatic, uh, you know. Besides Brett Favre, yep. This will be the next the next group. They were the ones, the quarterbacks of the decades. So Both. yeah, yeah. If you you have any interest in football, especially quarterbacks, you're going to watch this matchup. Yes, it's beyond appointment television. It's it's literally can't miss viewing. It's in the ultimate time slot, you know, of late afternoon Sunday when they draw their biggest numbers. And then, you know, you watch that game, you're obviously, you know, switching over to the San Francisco-Seattle game as well. The weather in both places look good. So, you know, in contrast to recent weeks everywhere where the weather has just been horrific, mostly here in New England, so... uh, and Seattle, I might add. So, should be fun. Um, you know, as Bart Scott said, uh, can't wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it should be fantastic. And, uh, you know, then you have the Wes Welker factor. And, uh, you know, besides the Belichick, Brady, and Manning. So, that, that, that'll play into the, this one of the storylines. So, that, that'll be interesting as well. Yes, so many layers. And just as a closing thought, I mean, you know, I myself, have, you know, way New England fans feel about Wes Welker's, quote, drop in the Super Bowl, that if he held it, you know, whether it was a bad pass or a bad drop, who knows. But, you know, we all know if he had held it, the Patriots would have won that Super Bowl against the Giants a couple years ago in Indianapolis, period. So I can't help but think this week about, uh, you know, if the game's on the line and the ball's going to Welker, you know, does he catch it to beat the Patriots? Uh, like what he couldn't do to, you know, potentially beat the Giants? Or does he drop it like he did against the Giants to give the Patriots victory? I mean, these are, you know, really fun things to think about. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Wes Welker is a central figure in this, and there's so much other stuff to think about. We hadn't even commented on him, but. Should be interesting, but anyway, let's uh, let's take our break, AP, and we have a lot more to talk about on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., for the first time in months, we do not have a college football game played this past weekend that we can talk about. (laughs) No, we sure don't. uh... We don't. (laughs) haven't had that since August. Yeah, we, we don't have a game to talk about, but there's other other issues that are that are you know festering through the years about college athletics. Indeed, there are, and uh, none bigger right now. No surprise than you know there's an NCAA convention occurring out in San Diego, I believe, where the subject of paying athletes is squarely uh, you know on the table and seems to be you know an active discussion point among the powers that be, um, and almost makes it seem like not only is it a discussion point that, that, you know, this may be the beginning of something that will ultimately, you know, allow college athletes to somehow benefit from, you know, what they do on the field and on the court uh, during their college career. John, I think the uh, compensation of athletes... uh, with a stipend is probably imminent. Um, and for the audience, you know, this, a stipend would be just a fixed amount that they would pay every uh, scholarship student athlete, be it men's or women. And the figure that was proposed not too long ago was 2000 which I thought would be, it's a reasonable figure. It would pass, but what happens is you have 120-plus Division One football, the FBS football programs, and the membership is in. Uh, you have to have, like, I think, five eighths to pass the legislation. So they're really just like a bystander because there's so many more schools that can vote against paying that stipend of two thousand dollars because they can't afford that that figure. You know, that lump sum to pay all their student athletes. So. But what happens is that these five power conferences, they really want to get together, and it may come down to they're going to give them a proposed figure of, let's say, 2000 but if you want to pay, pay them a little bit more, it'll be up to that individual conference. 
Hmm, you know, really? maybe was, yeah, maybe the Big Twelve, SEC might say, well, we're going to pay our athletes three thousand or four thousand. So you might have a competition. Let's say if an FBS school from the SEC is playing, you know, Conference USA, it might be an athlete that's receiving four thousand, three four thousand, versus an athlete that's receiving one thousand in, in a stipend of, uh, for the total cost of attendance. Wow, that would be a decided recruiting edge, to put it mildly. I mean, if you're a kid in high school coming out, given your circumstances, uh, that's huge money. I mean, that that looks like huge money when you're 16, 17 years old deciding where to go to school. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the five power conferences always have, already have the advantage of the facilities and the tradition oh, yes. and the TV contracts, so that that's one or the area where the uh, conferences outside that Power Five will be, uh, you know, can't compete. Correct, correct. Wow. Uh, I didn't know that specific part of it. Uh, but you know what? I'm in favor of whatever allows these kids to start receiving something. I mean, you know, uh, you and I uh, being in the sports world, sports media, you know, I have a pretty good understanding of, you know, uh, as do many people, of just simply the, the schedule that these kids keep. You know, I, I myself, I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, out at Army at West Point, I mean, the schedule that these cadets keep, and I don't even know if they would, quote, qualify for this. But uh, regardless, uh, I, I've seen their schedule, literally black and white. It's just off the charts, you know, they're, they're just nonstop. 18 hours a day minimum, and, uh, you know, we just know what it's like at big-time universities. I grew up in the shadow of Penn State. I know kids who went there used to tell me about, you know, what what their typical day was like at State College, and, you know, and I'm sure it's the same everywhere, especially with the power schools, and, you know, it's a gigantic commitment, and I know they're getting a scholarship. I totally get that, and, quote, a free education, which is extremely valuable, but, you know, they need to be able to, no matter what their personal background is, to be able to have, you know, pizza and date money, period, end of story. Uh, it's just that simple to me. Yeah, John, I don't think most people understand that as a student athlete, you're provided the uh, room, board, and tuition. That figures are established, but the total cost of attendance are, are numbers that are uh you know, distributed to the uh, Department of Education in Washington uh, based on the figures compiled by the university or institution. So if you want to offer a scholarship uh, to someone who's a, you know, great trumpet player, that trumpet player actually can receive more money than the star football player. Hmm. Because you you can match, you can say, well, we're going to give you the room board and tuition, Plus, we're going to give you the total cost of attendance, which has been calculated by our university and uh, sent to the uh, Department of Education in Washington as uh, an extra $3,000. Oh, my goodness. Again, big money. Yeah, big yeah, I mean, money. It could be a chemistry major. Maybe we're trying to get you know, our chemistry department uh, up to speed. We want to have these merit scholars, so we'll give them the scholarship. Plus, we'll give you an extra four or $5,000, which is our total cost of attendance figure. So there's the, and there's this disparity in the in the total cost of attendance comp, uh, compiled by each school. It could be anywhere from 
three, four hundred dollars to all the way up to like nine thousand dollars, John. My my. Well, you cover this. You cover the college sports, so you have a, a, a very good insight and understanding of this. You know, I, I don't profess to be that knowledgeable about you know some of the details, but what I what I am knowledgeable about is you know something that I think is lost in all of this is you know, and I have one of the all time great examples that I lived through right here in Boston, uh, I, just the visibility of sports, and by that I mean you know. Doug Flutie, I covered him when he first burst on the scene here in Boston College in the early 80s. And Boston College was, you know, always a good school, but not well-known beyond Boston, just put it that way, and even known locally as, quote, a commuter school. And from the moment Doug Flutie stepped on the field right through to today, you know, um, Enrollments increased, you know, something like thirty thousand percent. I mean, it's you know, or admissions <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It's just such a bizarre figure. I think it's the all-time champion of you know that. But it happens at every school who bursts on the scene. I'm sure right now it's happening at Texas A&M with Johnny Manziel. You know, and it, and I mean again, it, right to where you know Bruce Springsteen's kid and you know Boomer Esiason's kid both go to Boston College. You know. Right. Before Doug Flutie, I don't think that's happening. Or if there's no Doug Flutie, I don't know that that's happening. I mean, they've just been, you know, prominent ever since then. And, again, there are scores of schools exactly like that. Uh, you know, so the visibility of sports is an intangible that's you know, adds to the value of an institution that ultimately should somehow, some way, maybe finally find its way back to the athletes. Yeah, I mean – John, you, you, I don't think you can deny that athletics, for a large majority of the students attending that university, will enhance the experience. Correct. Good point. Of both I, those participating and those not, i.e. fans, viewers, team managers, whatever it is, the band, to use your earlier example. Right. Um, I, I totally agree. You know, it's just, it's just such a big part of it. Uh, of the overall college experience, you know, to put it mildly. Um, so, you know, I, I really hope once and for all that something finally, finally concrete happens out with this, you know, with this NCAA convention that's occurring. I hope it's the beginning of something. Yeah, I think, you know, they've been wrestling with it for years, John, how to be, make those initial steps. And the, the two thousand dollars stipend, what I think was a perfect uh, f- fix for their you know issue that's been on the forefront all these years of paying players. I, I don't, John. I just don't. I think it's very complicated if you're going to try to pay players because you're going to overstep that boundary of employer employee, and then it gets so complicated it paralyzes everyone. Yeah, perfect example is, you know, I'm no lawyer, so I don't know, but, you know, it seems to me if you have, if you're paying college players, that's, you're thereby employing them, which thereby opens you up to workers' comp. Need I say more? (laughs) (laughs) If you have football players, you know. Yeah, if you you think the NCAA rule book was was a a burden, wait wait till you have to face down this workers' compensation uh, settlements and things. Right, an injured football player filing for workers' comp. I mean, can you? I can't even imagine. But anyway, 
come to the end of our third segment. Still have more to talk about on the uh, on the other side, but for now, let's take our break. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, uh, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, no surprise, the AFC and NFC Championship Games on Sunday. We've been talking about them throughout the show. And uh, all you need to know is it's the two matchups all of America wanted and all of America will be watching. So, A.P., we closed our previous segment talking about uh, the potential of compensation for college athletes and you know what i what i can't help but think is if anything finally happens on this front that the potential poster child for this will not be at o'bannon and we all know that his lawsuit former ucla basketball player and his lawsuit is really what may ultimately have been the driver to even get this on the table let alone what happens from here on in but i think the the poster child that everybody's going to remember will be Johnny Manziel. I think <laughs> I do. I just, do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I think so, uh, John, because Ed O'Bannon, if I, you say that name, Ed who? 
Right. And you say Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. Oh, yes, I know him. He's the autograph fool. Exactly. You know, he's got those autographs. That's it. And, you know, I just think it's ironic that, uh, you know, uh, that he is going to be the guy that, you know, uh, that people are going to remember. They're, they're just going to connect the two, call it, you know, down the road in the future and generations to come. You know, I think they're just always going to look back and say, oh, well, that's when it started, you know, when, when that guy, you know. Uh, and, and to a large degree it is. You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people said, myself included, like, you know, Johnny Manziel does deserve to benefit, you know, from his unique flamboyant style of play. He just does. And he did. You know, I think we all know he did. Sure did. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I'm fine with him being the poster child. Fine. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it. He, he was the ultimate competitor on the field. I mean, if you don't get it done on the field, it, it, nothing moves forward. So he, his uh, light was shining on him because of his athletic prowess and right. what he did for Texas A&M coming into the league, SEC that first year, and, and especially how he performed uh, in Tuscaloosa and beating the defending champion. Yes, well, he was high-profile enough before the autograph incident, which, by the way, was the, if I'm not mistaken, was the Walter Camp Awards last year and down in New Haven. I know you covered him last week in New Haven. And uh, so, you know, he was high-profile enough, and, you know, that whole thing, you know, erupted around autograph signings. And, you know, we may be finally seeing, you know, the end result starting to unfold out at this NCAA convention. But uh, how was the Walter Camp Awards? Yeah, John, it's always a, an excellent event. You get a chance to visit with players from all the different conferences. You get a chance to speak to the coach of the year, David Cutcliffe. He had that remarkable turnaround and historic 10-win season at Duke University. And there's always other personalities in, in football. So, you know, my, my one of my uh, pet projects that I always try to pursue is asking the players a, a generic question about the game of foot, college football or college athletics. So I brought up to some of the players, I asked them if they approve of, of the $2,000 stipend proposal. If so, is, is that enough? And then I asked them what they would like to be paid. And, you know, some of them had, some of them, for instance, they thought that the question was too controversial. They wouldn't even, uh, you know, address the, address the issue. And then some of them told me that, yeah, the $2,000 was a start. I mean, what, what young college student would not accept money, right? Correct. <laughs> and uh, some of the other ones really just told me that if you start paying the players, then you're, you might come into a situation where somebody's going to get more money and then there might be some jealousies involved. So that, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, they, they don't seem to, they don't seem to uh, grasp exactly the specifics of what, you know, needs to be done. Other, if you want to pay a player, what, what, what's, what's enough? Is 5000 enough, 10000 enough? I mean, what becomes enough? If you start paying players, what's, what's enough? I, I don't think it's ever enough in their minds probably. So Absolutely you, not. Not in their minds. You run that risk, you know, but I think most of um, them, if I recall, they said the stipend, that would be a good start to, 
to have some extra money to pay. But and, and you know, John, as I was trying to bring up when we're discussing this issue, there is uh, the Pell Grant, which is I think around fifty five hundred. If you qualify, you have to fill out the paperwork, and then they have these special funds that if you have to, it's a hardship in your family. The, the, those, you know, it's in the millions of, of the dollars available for that type of situation. So the, there are things that student athletes can take advantage of through the NCAA, but uh, it is a complex issue, and it, it's a really a matter of, of legislating this to happen. It, it, it's, it's something you're trying to you know, get everyone to be on the same page. I think they're, it's moving in that direction with those five power conferences, but uh, seeing is believing, right? Well, exactly. You know, there's a lot of, lot of questions surrounding it, and there's a lot of, you know, Future changes that will come, but for now, just get you, you know, get something in place to you know end this you know near form of indentured servitude that has gone on far too long. Uh, and you, you know, anything is better than nothing at this point. And then you know, work it out from there. I'm sure what what, what we might see at the beginning will be far different in five years, ten years, and beyond. But just get, you know, break through the log jam, get something going, and see how it works out from there. So, hopefully, that happens. Yeah, John. I mean, and that's politics, and people people don't like politics, but that's the nature of the beast. If you want to get something done, you have to have a beginning. It's not always pretty. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Um. As my father used to say, something begun is half done. So let's just get it going. And you know, once you start it, you know, work out the details from there. But uh, who were some of the biggest names that you saw at the Walter Camp Awards in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, last weekend? Yeah, John. They they actually had they actually had uh, Jameis Winston. He was the wow uh, Walter Camp Player of the Year, believe it or not. But he was not the first team. Walter Camp All-American quarterback. That was A.J. McCarron of Alabama. So that's only the second time that that's happened. Uh, 2001, I believe, uh, Rex Grossman, believe it or not, was the All-American quarterback. And uh, Eric Crouch, the Heisman Trophy winner, was the College Football Player of the Year. Wow. The two biggest names in quarterbacking in college football, uh, you know, to say the least. So that's pretty cool. That just uh, that tells me a lot about the quality of people that were there. Yeah, so I mean, Stanford had three players. Uh, Alabama had AJ McCarron was there, and uh, big offensive tackle Cyrus Quanjo, left tackle. He he was there. Uh, uh, they had the coach of the year was uh, David Cutcliffe, and he was he was uh, very kind in his comments about AJ, and and he he believed he was uh, the best quarterback that, uh, this past season, and he voted him to be the All American quarterback for the coaches poll. Wow. Coach's team. Well, good stuff, AP. Uh, I'm glad you got to go and enjoyed it. And uh, believe it or not, that brings us to the end of our show. And uh, once again, you know, it's uh, even with college football season officially over, never a lack of things to talk about in college sports and the NFL and other sports as well. So thank you, as always, for your great perspective. It's always my pleasure, John. Thank you very much. Look forward to it. You're welcome. And uh, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday. 
at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you.